you desire to speak to your people in Jesus name amen. amen Romans chapter 12 praise God Romans 12 verse from verse 1 amen says I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Praise Jesus. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the what God has dealt to every man the, the measure of faith. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6, Colossians 2, verse 6. As you have received, therefore, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him, 
and established in the faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. You have been taught and then abounding rain, praise God, with thanksgiving. Then rooted and built, uh, established in the faith as you have been taught, then abounding there, so abounding in that which you have been established in, which is the faith, praise God. Established first in the faith, then abounding therein with thanksgiving. So this abound, abundance is according to measures which, which is dealt, praise God, um, Romans 12, verse, verse, um, verse 3 says that for, through the grace given unto me, I say to every man, that's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think, think soberly according to the thought that every man should have of himself should be according as God has dealt to every man the word, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, praise God. So the um, faith as, so you're seeing faith as the a sort of um, primary basic element through which we, um, you can quantify measures in the spirit, praise God. Um, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians chapter three, verse. Fourteen. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened first with mind, glory to God. So this um, riches, what he's praying for, um, is everything he wants God to grant to them, which is the things that pertain, that come out of the, calls it the riches of glory, glory to Jesus, you know, riches of glory, are, they, are, they are according to different measures in the spirit. Praise God. So, another word for riches uh, is treasures. So let's let's go back to that Colossians two. 
Praise God. Um, Colossians 2, if you go um, to the previous verses, it says, verse 2, from verse 2, it says that their hearts might be com- comforted, being knit together. Amen. Amen. In love, unto, so is knitting together. Glory to God. Um, in love, unto all riches. So of full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, praise Jesus. In so the verse two is speaking about the the knitting. Amen. Amen. So there is what he calls there's establishment first, establishment um, for every of this doctrine, which you find the doctrine of the far, or we call them mysteries, they are doctrine. Mysteries are doctrine, amen. Um, what we call the doctrine of the mystery of God and of the Father of Christ, each of them have their, their establishment or what you call their own sort of foundation. Praise God. Um, then... But when it call, speaks about being knitting, knitting has to do with the, uh, the knitting has to do with abounding therein. So it is talking about the work of wisdom to produce the, the artifact, if you want to put it that way, to produce the, um, the finished product, to, to bring forth the fruit, amen. Glory to Jesus. So Hallelujah. I'm saying that inside, when it comes to knitting, it is, knitting is not done in faith, it's done in love. You, you knit together because love, faith is not a product of wisdom. Faith is a dealing. It's a, it's a dealing, is a, They've dealt to each one a measure, they've given to measure. Faith is a faith is a faith is a seed, like we said, I think that's what we were saying, that faith is a seed, but love is not a seed, love is a fruit. Praise Jesus. So fruit comes by not just you don't you're not giving fruit, that's not the the, the order you have to bear fruit. Right, the Bible says that we didn't call him, but he is the one who has called us. That's book of John chapter 15. That we should bring forth much fruit and that our fruit should do what? Food remain and should abide. Praise Jesus. That, the, that fruit, the, the father who is the husband man, the Bible says he awaited for the precious fruit of the earth. Praise God. He's the one who watches over the vine. Any branch that bringeth not fruit, he will do what? He will remove it. He can cut the branch off, praise God, if it bringeth not fruit. Glory to Jesus. So, so faith um, being a seed, a seed is not a work of wisdom. A seed is something you are dealt, that you are given to start with. Praise Jesus. 
a seed is something you are what? Another word for seed means raw material. Like, when you, it's, a, it's a material, but it's raw. It's not in its, you can, in other words, you, you can't consume it. You can use it, but you can't consume it. Its use is for the purpose of yielding. Praise, the way you use faith is not the way you use love, right? Faith is not for consumption. Faith is for sowing. Love is different. Love is for consumption. Love is a fruit. Praise Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So faith is what you call, is a raw material in the spirit. And the same way you have different grade and kinds of seed in the, in the natural the way you have different grade and kinds of seed faith in the spirit according to what kind of yield you want to bring. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And we know that that principle that every, every seed will yield after its kind means that also every faith will also do what? Will yield afterward, after its kind. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So when it comes to the, the giving, the, 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 the bringing forth of, or the producing of love work. That's what he call love work. Love work is according to, love work is a wisdom product. Every time you find love, wisdom has happened. Wisdom has been present. Wisdom has been at work. Without wisdom, love cannot be produced. Same way, every time you find a fruit, wisdom has been handled, a seed has been handled in with wisdom to, to make a seed become a fruit. There must be some, there are specific things that have to be done, otherwise the seed will be by itself. Praise Jesus. Another word for seed is what they call, you can call seed grain, right? Glory to Jesus. And grain to cause it to bring forth, to multiply, to be, to be productive. Something must happen. Wisdom must occur. Wisdom for, that is in the hand of the, who carries the seed, the, the sower. There's wisdom in the sower. He knows what to do with the seed. Then after some time, he will commit the seed to the ground. The ground also has wisdom that is embedded within the earth. It's a hidden wisdom, praise Jesus, that does some kind of interaction. Those are wisdom that are law operations that happens to the seed that makes it fall to the ground and cause it, causes it to die. That's the wisdom of death that comes occur to the seed that will make it to bring forth glory to Jesus. So. When, it's, when he speaks of love here in verse 2, he says that their hearts might be comforted. The, um, the word comfort um, is, means um, comfort, com, comfort is a very high commodity in the spirit. Comfort doesn't come, a seed can't give comfort. It takes fruit to give comfort. 
praise Jesus, the heart of a farmer, is, of the sower, is not comforted the day he sows, but he sows so that he can, what, he can receive what comfort. There is a, the, the, the comfort of joy, which happens in the day of reaping, joy is a kind of comfort which the soul, praise Jesus, Hallelujah. receives glory to God. Hallelujah. So that comfort is, um, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's see, that you might be comforted, right? Um, that, that their hearts might be comforted. So, so the comfort is the comfort which the, the heart, so it means that only the fruit of love can bring comfort to the soul. That unless the soul bears the, what, the, the fruit of love, what will happen? Comfort cannot come, praise Jesus, Hallelujah. to the soul. Jesus was teaching that in a, in, a, in a measure, in a way, in John chapter 14. He was teaching concerning the, the different levels of comforts, which are, which are actually provisions, right, for, for man to receive. Praise Jesus. He, he first spoke about the comforter. Who is the Holy Ghost? He calls him another comforter. He's another. He's a different comforter. Means that he himself is a comforter. How do I know? He said, I will not lift you what? Leave you comfortless. He said, I will do what? I will come to you. Um, John 14 verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will do what? I will come to you. So, so he's, when he says another comforter, is also the spirit, is another type of comforter. It's a different kind of comforter. But he is a comforter too. His father or his God is also a comforter as well. Praise Jesus. But the way comfort comes is by the bearing of fruit that when he says that I will not leave you comfort, I will come to you, that that coming to you is not coming, it won't come in another, in an external way. If, if it was to come in an external way, there's no point of going because he was already there. So if he wouldn't leave, he would just say, I will just build an everlasting house with you so I can stay here and I will never leave. But he had to leave because the form that he was in wasn't a comfort, that, that even though he was with them, Right, he was in their midst. They could see him, they could fellowship with him, but they said that I'm not, I, I, won't, I'm not, I can't fulfill comfort to you while I'm existing as a, another person outside of you. Even though you have me, you can fellowship with me, but I'm not, I, I don't register as comfort to your soul. That for, to comfort you, I must be within you. Yeah. Right, it's comfort is something that that rises, that appears to the heart, so that your, your heart being knit together, right? It is, praise Jesus, Hallelujah. that yeah. your heart might be comforted, being what? Knit together in love. So it is very clear that that which spiritual comfort cannot come externally to a person, praise Jesus, Hallelujah. that spiritual comfort must come from where? It must be something that appears within the heart. Comfort must appear in the heart. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So the spirit who he calls another comforter was 
a kind of a comfort, but he doesn't have the ability just by himself to comfort. He's, he's sort of like a layer of comfort, but is a layer of comfort which the soul cannot hold. The soul cannot, cannot hold him as a comfort. Even though he can be present within, there is a way he comforts from within in his presence, but he doesn't really comfort the soul. Like the spirit man can detect him, and the spirit man, left to the spirit man, the spirit man doesn't need anything else. This because the spirit man can read the Holy Spirit. They are of the same kind of order. They can fellowship, so this, the spirit is not in need. Your, your human spirit is not really in need. Rather, your human spirit is actually a minister. Is a minister. He has the capacity to minister to your soul because even your human spirit is actually existing in some kind of abundance as a result of the recreation and the resurrection which the spirit man has experienced. Because of that resurrection, it has, your spirit man is actually is existing in a state of abundance spiritually. Actually, it has arrived at its, its, its comforting point, even in the spirit. But it's not able to, to, the fact that you're born again, that does not translate into the comforting of your soul. That the soul can still be without comfort. The soul can still be hungry and wretched, wretched, sorry, and poor and thirsty, even though the spirit of a person is born again. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So there, is, there, are, there are beings in the spirit who are, who are designed to comfort the soul. They are entities of comfort. For who? For the soul. For the inward man. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And they are, they, are, they, are, they, are not, they are not broken down into persons. They are broken down into doctrines or why doctrine is into the manner in which they must be received, into the order, the end is the way they are enumerated in their different capacities of comforting, in the ministry of comfort. Praise Jesus. That's what the Colossians chapter 2 is speaking about. That's why in Colossians chapter 2, they don't mention the Holy Spirit here because they are speaking concerning the heart, concerning the soul. They are not, the Holy Ghost is not a curriculum of comfort to the soul, even though he's present within the man, but he's not a part of the curriculum of what? Of comfort. Praise Jesus. So the bringing comfort is according to, to different visitations. Another way you can design, you can speak about it is, is according to different seasons of fruit bearing which the soul must come into. Sorry, are you getting me on this side? Are you, do you understand me? Praise Jesus. It's according to season. So, so this, this season, every soul who lacks things will not have it. You can lie about comfort. You can act as if you like it. You know, There's a new trend that's, that's now some guys who are tired of word of righteousness can be like, well, I just, I just love the Holy Ghost. I'm enjoying Holy Ghost you know, and all of that. I'm, just, I'm going, you know, those kind of things that you, you want to just go back to just 
forget about everything, doctrine of Father, Christ, God, let's leave those things. Just, I just pray, I wake up, the Holy Ghost talks to me, that's all I need in life, I'm enjoying the spirit of the, you know, those kind of foolish things. Amen. May, may you never go back to your vomit in the, in the name of Jesus. Um, that you can lie about it. You can lie that Holy Ghost is all I need. He talks to me. He does this. He does, you are a liar. The truth is that without knowing these beings, your soul will never be comforted. And you can lie that I enjoy Holy Ghost. He talks to me. But how do I know you are not comforted? You seek many things. You are not okay. You... Your, your heart is hungry, you pant, we check, we check the way you live. You're going after things, you're, look, you're longing for, for things to satisfy your soul, right? It means that that Holy Ghost alone, which you are trying to make everything, is not really your everything, because it's not fulfilling everything to you. We are still seeing you going after many things, and most of those things are things which the wretched world goes after. And that, this is one thing that will happen to every soul. The moment you say, I no longer want to learn Christ and Father and God anymore, from that moment, just check yourself. You begin to gain power to seek the world and to seek things that are, to seek vanity. A lot of things that didn't appeal to you before while you were focused on such pursuit begin to look nice and appealing to the soul. Praise Jesus. So this comfort is that's why, why Jesus said in, in John chapter 14, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. He said, I will come to you. It means that if I'm not with you, you are comfortless. Right? There's no other, no other source of comfort. There's no other place you can find comfort. There's nothing else in this world that can comfort your soul apart from me. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And in that John chapter 15, um, Jesus went on and he continued to teach concerning that comfort. He was still teaching the language of comfort to the soul. And he was just beginning to speak concerning their coming. He spoke first of all concerning the, their manifestation. You see what I'm saying? Then he's saying, then he began to teach, but he kept using, kept being conditional. If a man loves me, if a man loves me, if a man loves me. Are you seeing that? That if a man loves me, he will keep my words. It means my words will be found in him. So the, 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 the state, the ability of keeping his word, these words here are not just precepts. These words are when you say you are a keeper of, of his words. The word, those his words there are actually his laws. Praise Jesus. That, right, that when you, say you are, when you say you are a keeper of the words, it means that the Bible differentiates hearer of the word from doer of the word, right? If who, he who is a hearer is not a keeper, means you haven't kept what you heard. Do you see that? So when you, you have to be very careful about when Jesus is speaking. When he's speaking about my word abide in you, so if you abide in me, my word abide. He's not talking about whether you have, you've heard him talk or something, or you've heard something that he said. He's talking about, have you kept what that word was saying? To keep it, you can't keep without doing. Doing them is the way of what? Of keeping them. You, have, you become a keeper of them because you have done them. Praise Jesus. I said, if a man loves me, he will do what? 
keep my words. So you see that language of keeping his words. It's not easy to just keep his words. There must be an operation of wisdom. No, no man, nobody can keep his words without what? Wisdom. There's what they call wisdom of keeping. The wisdom of keeping is the detail of the profession. Do you see that? Is the what? The wisdom of, of keeping is what? Is the detail of the what? Of the profession. So if a man love me, he will keep my words. My father will love him, we will come unto him and do what? We will make our what? Then we will make our abode with him. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Where did he say, I will manifest myself to him? That was before this. In verse 21, it said, He that hath my commandment. First, he hath my commandment. And then he keepeth them. Is he, it is. He, it is that word, loveth me. So, a lover is a keeper, right? A real keeper. Not the keeper of the idea. If something comes to you, you see the idea, and you remember the idea, that's not enough. You've not done justice. To just keep the idea is just holding an idea. It's a disregard of what the idea is saying. Because where that thing was coming from, it wasn't meant to just be a fanciful thing that should be remembered. That's what when the Lord speaks, right, there are commandments that ought to be what? To be kept. So they don't count such, really such people who are just here. That's what the, uh, James was speaking about. You come, it's like a man who goes into the mirror, you see what you look like, and you go away and you forget what you look like. That, you, there's no point in that. There's no blessing in that. Glory to you. But whosoever looketh into what? The perfect law of liberty and what? Continueth in it. That continuing in it means you look. Looking. That one continue. It's not continue looking. No. Praise Jesus. It's not what? Continue. Even though you keep looking, but the continuing is the keeping. It's not a forgetful hearer, but it's a doer of the work. Is a doer of the work. Is a doer. Then the same person shall be what blessed. How will he be blessed? In his deed. It's, the blessing is not in the hearing. The blessing is in the deed. It's in the deed. In the doing. The word for and that word for deed means it's in the work. So the way spiritual spiritual things work is that blessing is tied into deeds, right? Blessing is tied into what? Into deeds too. So when you are to, to, to be blessed, you must, be, you must gain the capacity of doing, right? You must gain the, the capacity, you must gain the wisdom. You must gain what? The ability to do what? To, to do. Glory to Jesus. So you now see that this doing will, when you do it, when you do it, you are, you are, you are arriving at love, right? You arrive as you are doing, you are, you are what? You are arriving, the, the, the energy as you are expending energy to do, what are you doing? What was happening? 
the, the love. That's the way, the way love is constructed within the heart. Love is, an, love is an action word in the spirit. Right? Love is what? Love is an action word. Or you can say love is an active word in the spirit. The way they, 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 check, they check love is they check deeds. Yeah. They check what are you doing. Praise God. Yeah. All right? You can't say, okay, I'm no longer under the works. I'm not under the law of works. I'm now under faith. All right? You can't say that. When you misinterpret the New Testament, you can say that. Well, we're no longer under the law. We are under faith. Right? Praise God. But you know that faith is for works. Right? And they said that faith without works is dead. Show me your faith without your, your works. Me, I will show you my own faith by my works. That I'll prove the proof that the faith is there. I will use my works to prove that faith is there. Do you see that? So what does it mean that faith without works is dead? What is the meaning of that? It means that, it doesn't mean that faith or works. They didn't say faith without works is bad. Right? They didn't say that. They didn't say faith without works is evil. Because when you receive faith, it's first without works. There's first in, it's not, it's, it's not one day, it's not one hour. There's a period where you will have faith without works. Because there are many things that have to be done before the stage is set for works to occur. First of all, when faith comes, something must come for you to walk. Wisdom must come for you to walk. That's one thing. Another thing that must be, uh, be there for you to walk is light must come. Every work is done under a light. The light for that work must come. The wisdom for that work must come. Sometimes when the faith is received to when that thing comes can take some time. Praise Jesus. But so and that's, it's not a bad season. It's just at that time, the faith is dead. The faith is what? Is dead. Glory to God. What does the mean of faith is dead? Every faith you receive, you receive faith in a dead state. Must not be alive, right? No one should give you a seed as alive to sow. You don't sow. You don't just take a seed from a, from a fruit, and that same day you just remove it from the fruit. Go and sow it. You can't sow it that way. It will decay and turn into manure or something. Now, do you understand what I mean? You can't. The law, it must pass through that for it. Every viable seed must go through that, right? right? Except it falls to the ground and dies, it must it abide it alone. Do you see that? So the seed of faith must be held in first in death. While, while you hold the seed in death, that seed begins to call out for the wisdom. That wisdom for what? Wisdom that can that can resurrect it and, and cause its life to be, to be, because the life within a seed is hidden. Dead means that 
it, 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 it's not, this death is not, there's a difference between death and destruction. You understand that? Right? Death is not a bad thing. It's destruction that's bad, according to the Bible. Right? According to the Bible, the real, the, the, the real evil is destruction by itself. It's a, it's a state. It's an instrument. Satan can use it. God can use it. Right? God actually specializes in death. Right? Is he, is he who quickeneth the dead? That's his profession. It means that anything for him to handle something must find a way to bring it to that state of death. Then God will take over. God actually only walks in that kind of state. It means that God, praise the Lord, is a kind of husband man who, who walks on viable seeds, seeds that are viable, that have gone through their circle to, re, to bre, reduce them, to bring them to death, a kind of death. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when, when the, you call it this, you can call it seed faith or seed of faith, when it is in this state, right, what happens? It begins to call for, what does it call for? It calls for wisdom. Every faith has its kind of wisdom. Inside God, there are departments of wisdom. Inside God, the same way you have department, you have God is actually a house of barns. He has barns in him that has various kinds of seed inside of him. Praise God. And for each kind of seed, there is the, the, the storage of specific kind of wisdom that matches every seed. Praise Jesus. So when, when faith as a seed is committed to a soul, and that soul holds that seed without works, at that point, it is dead. Another word for dead means alone. Another word for alone means hasn't brought forth. Right? Hasn't what? Hasn't brought forth. That having, having brought forth is at that point, it suspends the soul. It's in a, it's in a state of a kind of barrenness. Is a, is a kind of what? Say barrenness. This is not bad barrenness. This is good barrenness. Do you understand that? There is a, there's a kind of barrenness which the soul must come into. It's a blessed kind of barrenness. It's a good kind. Why? Because there's no soul that's barren. No soul is barren. Most of our souls are very, very fruitful. We've been bearing children for the devil for a very long time. Right? The ground of our soul has been fertilized with devilish fertilizer, right? And it's very, and very fertile for some of us, different levels of fertility, right? For the enemy, the same way God, Jesus was teaching that you can bring forth 30 per fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. For Satan, souls are also in different capacity. But men bring forth for the enemy in different, at different levels. So, so th- there is a lot of fruitfulness in our soul. That what, what do I mean by being fruitful to Satan? I just mean that if he gives you a work, it can prosper. Yes. Do, you, do you get what I mean? Right, that he can prosper. He can, that, uh, it's that they can commit something to you. And 
they, will, they can rest that this one will be done. Spirits can commit their own seed to sow based on fertility level. There's some kind of seed that they'll say, no, we can't, this one can't do this kind of seed. He hasn't matured, his, the womb of the soul has not matured enough in darkness to produce this kind of works. After some time, he will get tired and throw it away and run to, to church or run to pastor and call his, who he submits to and say that I'm struggling with this thing. Oh, it has been in my heart since. This thought has been there. I didn't know, I've been worrying with it, but he'll be crying and say, can you help me? It means that he's, the womb of the heart is not, it's not fertile enough. And spirits know. So that sometimes they miscalculate because they are very eager. So they can throw seed that you're not ready to bear that would land you in the hand of your pastor. Glory to God. <laughs> but sometimes, or let me not say sometimes, I say a lot of time, they calculate right. They know what you can bring forth. And they can sow the seed, and the person will keep, he's a, he's a born again Christian, he has revelation, he comes to meeting, he's word of right, everything, all, all the marks are checked, but he has, still has, the heart still has fertility for the enemy that can carry the enemy's seed at a level, and he will carry it to term, full nine months, bring forth the child, and produce the baby, and nobody will know that the, that, that person has, is what? has gone through what? Full cycle. It's just that sometimes you now begin to see the seed, the children jumping around, maybe disturbing the atmosphere, you understand? Some things that disturb fellowship are children that souls of people are born. They release them into the atmosphere. Do you understand what I mean? What are you, what are you giving me? Natures, right? Nature's mature fruit of affections for all kinds of things that are not God or are not godly. Amen, you see? And you see, when, when people are too fruitful for the enemy and they come together, you will, be, you will, begin to, you will just be seeing strange trees, right? Fruitfulness. The, 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 the kitchen is always, the fridge is always, open the fridge, you see all kinds of things inside there. You, you understand what, and what And the problem with bringing forth fruit for Satan is that every fruit, every seed that you carry, and when you bring forth, you bring forth fruit that, that, that weak souls will see and, and term and call good for food. Good for food. You can... So you can produce a fruit that will and that soul will eat. Do you get what I'm saying? This is like, it's like, um, it's a kind of husbandry. Satan knows how to do it. He, he, Satan can create self-sustenance within a group that each, they are bringing forth for each other. They are consuming their own fruits. And from, through the fruit, they also get seed that other souls, I get what I'm saying? That is, is a whole world of agriculture to, to cause natures of hellish natures to prosper. You can just see for years, natures will just be going on. Why? It's really from the, they are being shared among people because each one is bringing up forth his own. That one, the one this one brings forth might be sweeter than this other person's own. He will go and cut seed from this place and add to his own. There are kinds of things, spirits, these are the things that spirits do among people. We don't know that this one, but this is their, this their, their job. They know how to make soul bring forth. 
They know how, they know how, they know how, they know how, they know how to, to make souls prosper and be fruitful in their seed, in their kind of nature. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so to help the soul, one of the things that the word of righteousness will do, you must bring that soul to barrenness. See, it's make you, in, and you can't, the soul cannot be completely brought barren in one day. It's some aspect, maybe in the, when you look at the land of the soul, the way the enemy has divided the soul. See, this part bring forth carrot. This part bring forth um, cabbage. This part bring forth what? Cucumber. This part bring forth watermelon. This part, all, these are all natures, right? There's a nature called watermelon of hell, right? <laughs> it's red. It's very red inside. <laughs> and it tastes like sugar. That's why men cannot let them go. They are too sweet. When you see it manifesting, those who are manifesting it, it's sweet to their taste. So you can't just collect it from them. You can't say, hey, stop bringing for watermelon. You say, why? Why will I stop bringing for watermelon? That's the sweetest of all the crops that I bring forth. Why will I stop bringing forth watermelon? You, you understand what I mean? So, so this kind of, I'm not talking, this is not, you know, there, there is subsistence farming. There is commercial farming. You can't, com, you can't farm the soul. You can't bring one tractor to clear out all the land of the soul. Because you can never do that because of fight, because of war. Yes, sir. If, you try to, if you try to do it, the soul will fight you, and the soul will run away, and God will never see that soul again. Imagine that they want to take all the natures you have in one day. They say that we are going to clear everything from your soul. The things that it takes to do that, you, God can't manage God is wise. He will know that you will never come back again. <laughs> that he has to, they have to be careful. So sometimes they will say, okay, we want to just deal with the part of the, the lawn, of the grass, that's yielding this particular fruit according to seasons and dispensations of the word, which mercy has brought according to access to both seed and wisdom for the workmanship, for the husbandry that need to occur to bring forth God's kind of fruit in that portion of land. Praise Jesus. So, so it's very clear. Let's say the Lord wants to then walk on an aspect of this. So just think of it as a nature thing that you're bearing, which is contrary to the, the nature of Christ and the nature of God. An aspect, a, a nature in which your heart is fertile for, which is not a nature of God. There are aspects of, you know, that you know that you are fertile in this area, that you, are, you can easily bear fruit in that particular aspect of your nature. So it's clear that they can't just switch it to, for you to, to, to start bearing maybe it's charity. The next day, first of all, they have to introduce a kind of barrenness. And they will, they will try to suspend end the soul in barrenness for some time. Teach you how to be okay. Not, stop bearing fruit for Satan. 
right? They're not trying to make you become a Christ, first of all. You know, we like that one, just become a Christ tomorrow. You were, you were bearing fruit for Satan yesterday. Then by the next day, you, want, you feel like you want to bear. It doesn't work like that. Do you know why? Because God will be careful not to sow his seed together with the seed of the enemy. That's one thing that God will never do. He will never sow his seed. Now, it doesn't mean the ground will be clean. No. But there's one thing he can do. He can sow it among weeds. It's okay. That one is fine. That one is fine. That's it. Jesus even taught that one, that you can sow things among weeds. Do you get what I'm saying? And... And he, there's watchful eyes. You're seeing weeds, all of those things. Those are still some kind of things that are, you know, uh-huh, around the seed. Those weeds, they are bad, though. <laughs> weeds are not good things, eh? Right? They are, not, they are not good things at all. But, some, but weeds can be removed when it's time to, to, to bring the fruit out, yeah. to harvest it. They, can, they would then separate the weeds away when they want to harvest. But sometimes while the fruit is, the tree is growing, weeds can also be around and weeds can also be growing. There are all kinds of things that manifest as we, weeds are different from 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 seed. They are not the same. The Bible, there's wisdom. That Romans 12 differentiate them. All the weight and the seeds, they are not the same. They beset, which so easily beset us, right? Every weight. With so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every word, weight and every word, and the sin, which does easily be said. They both come from Satan. Weight and sin come from Satan. But the weight is different. Weight are designed around you to stop you, but they don't carry his very DNA. Do you understand? It doesn't have his own very DNA, right? But it, is, it has a DNA from him. Do you get it? a is a is a constructed kind of DNA which he designed is for to stop men. Yes. Wow. But it's not his very, very own. Yeah. Yeah. Sin is different. Sin has the genes of Satan. Yes. Yes. What they call sin in the spirit. Yes. It has its what? Yes. It has its what? The, his own kind of fruit align, they go together with weight. They support each other. They grow together. They, can, they don't fight. They can share ground very easily. Weight and is what? And sin. We do so, what? Easily. Which, and, and weight and then the sin. We do so 
easily what beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So that, that barrenness is a state that the soul can be brought to, right? Where you are not, they don't allow you to, to they will help the soul. That everything inside the soul that can bear the seed of the enemy, they will deal with such things to make the soul barren first, then they will now rearrange the soul to make it fertile for the seed of what? Of God. They will now begin to commit what? Seed. To, become, to commit what? Seed. Say seed. Seed. To the soul. Praise God. <laughs> There's some kind of, there are different, like I said, there are different seeds, right? In the spirit. There are some seeds that come from God, but they are not really God's, God's really own seed too. But that seed is, is for to prove. So it's a seed that, they put the seed there, they keep watching it, then they, they keep fertilizing the land. Fertilizing the land, and it's waiting. Yeah. It's waiting. Yeah. How do we know this land is fertile enough? Yes. They, must, they will check. There's a seed it must bring forth that, that, that amounts to fruitfulness. Yes. Then once they can see, ah, this seed has come, mm. or the fruit has come, that fruit, what they call the peaceable fruit of righteousness, it's not the seed of God but is a seed of proof yes. that the land is fertile yes. enough to carry the seed of God. Yes. Do you see that? Yes. What I call it is this, it's not a seed of God, what you call the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It's not really God's seed. God has his own seed, yes. but that seed is a seed of proof that when that seed comes, say, aha, this land is ready. God can now begin to sow on this land. So while the season of sowing, glory to God, Hallelujah. first of all in Christ, but it's after the same law, right, of seed, as long as the earth remaineth, what will happen? Seed time and what? Harvest shall never what? Shall never cease. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Am I making some sense to you? Yes, so I said that the seed must abide first as faith. Then what will happen? It begins to call for the wisdom or the things that are able to make it. And I said wisdom, I, there are different aspects of wisdom. There is wisdom that is in the ground first. That's, that's a kind of wisdom that must be programmed into the ground, which is what where what you commit the seed to, right? It's the, the wisdom of the earth, the wisdom of the ground, right? Um, the ground is the real, is the, the, the ground is the, is the holder of wisdom. It's actually the ground that is, that is meant to administer, that's supposed to use wisdom 
for the nourishing of the seed. Are you seeing that? The ground does what? Has to, uh, uh, is the one who uses wisdom for the seed. Uh -huh. Praise Jesus. But the farmer has his wisdom inside of him. Which that wisdom is, is not this, the wisdom in the ground. The wisdom of the farmer is a providential wisdom. Is the, is the wisdom of his providence through which he provides. He's almost like he supplies the, the, he brings the things which he commits, everything the farmer has. The farmer doesn't commit things directly to seed or to plant. He doesn't deal directly with it. He deals with ground. He rakes it, he, he plows it. Are you seeing that? He doesn't do too much with the seed. It, 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 once he puts the seed there, he begins to work with the ground. Plows it, waters it, does all kinds of things to it. Fertilizes it. So you're seeing it's like a transfer. Are you seeing that? It's a transfer of things. It's to, to, to get the, the ground to a point where the law for bringing forth is complete in the ground or in the earth then it's into to a point where the farmer doesn't pull the leaves of the, of the thing to make it grow, right? Even beyond germination, there's still so much that needs to be done until what it calls fruit appears. There's, but in all the process from when the seed is sown to when fruit arrives, the farmer right, or the husbandman, he's doing many things, but he doesn't touch the plant. He's not dealing with the plant. He's dealing with the ground. While it's growing, it will come back, still be putting water, deal with some weeds around, do with all kinds of, it's just the ground. He's like, are you not seeing this thing? He's seeing it. But that's not where his work is, because it's not directly, you can't, you can't go there and say, okay, I want this thing to grow, start pulling it. So yeah, grow up, grow up. The moment you do that, you scattered. And that's what some of us want God to do for us. God, can you just pull me, make me just. So that, sometimes that's what we do when we try to do it by prayer method, instead of yielding method. We want to use prayer method. That, can, I, can I pray the divine nature inside myself? Can I, you understand what I mean? That, you know that thing of, you know what, you just sleep, sleep and you wake up. <laughs> that you, you, know, you will not know how. That it just appear. No, it can't appear just like that. Something that you, say, say ground. ground. Your heart must, things must be present in your heart. So it's clear that that husband man, that farmer is God. Yes. He's the one who is doing the farming. Yes, He's the one who wants to yield. Yes, He's the one who wants to eat fruit. Yes, He's the one who wants to eat fruit from your soul. Yes, but he doesn't do it by pulling your plant or by designing the plant. He doesn't, he doesn't sculpt the fruit. He can't use clay to build a fruit and it become real. He can't do artificial. He doesn't... It doesn't produce fruit through artificial means, 
Rather, he must deal with the ground, transfer laws to the ground, do all kinds of things to fertilize the ground. The ground is the heart. Is to make the heart conducive. To make sure that the heart has the right equilibrium of laws and all kinds of nutrients and all kinds of materials to do what? To bring forth. So what interacts with the seed is the heart. That's why they will give you the seed. God will give you the seed and begin to speak to your heart and be watching what will you do with it. It will be with you. He will give you a seed. And he will give it to you. He won't be manipulating it and doing extra things and by magic making it to grow and all that. He won't do it that way. You know, that was what that foolish or wicked servant that went to bury his own talent. You know that one, they were using money as... It's the same kind of thought. Jesus was just giving a series of parables. In that particular one, he spoke. Well, it's not the, the, the parable of the talent and the parable of the sower, they are close to each other, yes. side by side. So Jesus was teaching the same kind of wisdom, right? Yes, he was saying that he gave the other different, those talents are seeds, yes. right? Yes. Different seeds. And then what they should do with each talent is according to wisdom. Take this talent, then based on the training I've given to you, that's what, when you say that they are servants, right? A servant is someone who is conditioned, who has gone through intense training for what? Fruitfulness. In the hand of a servant, things should be multiplying. When they commit something to you, that's how they tell you, you are really a good servant. When they give something to you, does it multiply? Do you have, and you know that you can never bring multiplication without wisdom. Without, there must be an inherent fertility, which is within you. That when God commits something to your hand, you can do what? It can become fruitful. And he can reap fruit from it. Glory to Jesus. Sometimes you look at other guys and, ah, God only gave me little. That one is big. That's what those, those guys were. They are kind of things that spoil the that attitudes that make the soul not able to profit with what? What? With the seed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So the so when we speak about this, we're talking about this comfort that um, any soul that if you, if you want, you desire the comfort of God, of, of God the Father, and of Christ, which is promised, it will never come artificially. Right? God will not just zoom inside you and say, I'm now here, I'm to sit. It can never happen. God, he will, how he will come is that it will, that's why Jesus was teaching about comfort. And he began to talk about my words, my commandment, and you keeping them. This is, the, this is the secret. He was with them before. He said, I have to go. Because 
I'm here with you not as a comfort. I can't be a comfort to you, but I must go and then come in another way, right? Which is not the way the Holy Ghost came, which is another way, which is I will first come and turn myself into seed. Both myself, my father, God, Christ, the father, and God, right? They must become seed. If you're not ready to receive them as seed, forget it. I, I don't know if there were any man who said, wow, I have God. I have the Father. And there will be men who will make such boast at some point. You'll find out that none of them would have gotten it magically. Right? That you see, when you trace all of them, they all received God in seed form. But you see that all four men who received their seed, some are faithful. Others are not faithful. With them. Are you seeing that? Now, what does it mean to be faithful? When you think of being faithful, you think a lot about the seed. About the seed. Don't think about the seed. Think about the heart. Do you see that? Faithfulness is about heart. It's a, it's, there's a kind of heart that is faithful. Fool, faith, fool, faith, fool. A faithful heart is a heart that can bring faith to its fullness. It is right, it's called that place called faithfulness. Faithfulness, faithfulness. Glory to Jesus, a faithful, thou good and faithful servant. No, Jesus talked about a good ground, right? Good ground. Glory to Jesus. The heart should be good and what? Amen. He says that the Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful. Well done. You did well. Your deeds are well. Well done means that he was commending deeds. Yes. You see that? Yes, sir. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's very clear for him to say, well done, it means they've done good works, right? So thou has been faithful over a few things, and I, I will then make the ruler over what? Many things. So there's what you call, you see, the, what you call season of few first. You can't, you can't start by being fruitful in many. Right? When you think of many, many has to do with God's kind of seed. Right? There's what you call few first. So there is the, the, the harvest of few. Harvest of few is the harvest of Christ. But that's not the real harvest. What they committed to these servants was not the real thing. It's a test to check the ground. Do you see that? The real thing is what he's now promising. I will make you ruler over many things. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I was trying to describe the idea of many to you before. I think was it on Wednesday or was it Saturday? I can't remember. On Wednesday, that when you're talking of many, we're looking at it from the book of Hebrews chapter 
chapter 5. Am I correct? Right. Amen. Of whom we have many things to say and what hard to be uttered. Many things to say. Those many things are, they are things to say. They are kind of fruit. The fate of the most holy is many. The fate of what? The, the most holy is what? Is, so if you've not been faithful with few, right? You cannot be, you will not be what? You will not be faithful with what? With many. Praise Jesus. So thou hast been faithful over a few things, then what it calls ruler. So it's very clear, many things are everlasting life, right? Things of, many means things of God's life. The things of what? Of God's life. What it calls few means it's also a season of, of, of yielding, but you're yielding to proof, to prove. Right, it's, it's, it's a kind of, um, it's a kind of, this is a kind of, it's what you call acceptance. They call it the acceptable year of the Lord. It's a proof. God will not accept until he has proved. Christ is the proof in the spirit. Christ is the proof that you will be fruitful to God, that you will not be barren to God, that when God brings his seed, that you will not be barren. Because that's the law. The law of God's land is that there shall be none barren in the land. That is the, when you, got, when you get into the world of the land of everlasting life, or which is also the land of promise, there's no room for barren. Barrenness is not allowed. It's a law of that land. Praise Jesus. That you cannot be barren in the land of God. Every soul who arrives at that place, glory to Jesus, must have come into what? Sees into fruitfulness. And then, so that thing, when it calls acceptance, it will accept you, receive you, is what that peaceable fruit does. So that peaceable fruit, fruit is a proof to God. Or the, the way they call it, Paul told Timothy, is approver. They started to show yourself approved unto God. A workman. A work what? You are a workman that needed not to be what? Ashamed. Why? Because rightly dividing the word. Are you seeing the word? Rightly dividing. Rightly divide is not memorizing the word. It's not, you can have it. You never divided a thing. Right? Division, when you say you are dividing, is a work. Division means separation, judgment. Do you get what I'm saying? Is what separation is what is judgment. And now what for dividing? Dividing is the sick is the wisdom of multiplication. If you study biology, you know that cells multiply by division. 
There's something called cell division. When cell wants to multiply, it begins to divide. But it must be divided rightly. If you don't divide rightly, you kill the cell instead of multiplying the cells. Now, how can a cell divide? A cell is a unit of life. For a cell to be divided, it means every element that must be is taken to account. Are you seeing the, the wisdom of cell division is by accounting of every property. When the cell divided, divides, everything that was in the first cell is in both. If you don't rightly divide it, you, it's not multiplication. Do you get what I'm saying? Like if you say, ah, they divided the but some, this one has some things that are not in the other one. Then you now say, they are not the same. If they are not the same, were they multiplied? Means you did another arithmetic. It wasn't multiplication. You did. You've just done. It's not even surprise. It's like, you know. <laughs> because then, then they are both useless. And this happens when God commits seed to a person. Right? And God knows that. A soul that has not produced the peaceable fruit of righteousness, if I give my seed to this person, will I find anything at the end? He does, inside him, doesn't have the program to rightly, for that seed to be rightly divided. So at the end, he will spoil the seed. It becomes nothing. When you look at it, after the, he does his own division, what will happen? You now see two things that don't look like God at all. You shift the mathematics, you send properties into different places. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? The other thing about cell biology, God is, about, God is using them to teach about himself. That when it comes to life multiplying, it happens by division. Cell must be divided, but it must be rightly divided. When it's rightly divided, you produce two of the same. You had one, you can produce two from one because the cell was rightly what? Divide. I don't know if I'm correct, those who know biology, all those things. I don't know it too much. I'm just trying to use scripture wisdom. I'm seeing it and I'm saying that glory to Jesus. Do you understand me? So, so this right division, starting to show yourself approved unto God. So you see that approval unto God. At what point is a man approved? Is approved unto God. What makes a soul approved unto God? What's that? You can be fruitful. What's that? Is the peaceable fruit of what? Of righteousness. Right, that was Hebrews chapter 12. Right, whom God loves, he chastises it and he scourges every son, right, whom he receives. They now say that no, no chastisement for the, now no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. But nevertheless, afterward, it does what? Yielded the what? The peaceable fruit of righteousness unto who them that are what exercise that are exercised thereby this exercise is what you call reason of use have their 
the senses for what? Division. It's the senses for division. Glory to Jesus. That those senses, they have their, according to Hebrews chapter 5, right? That who by reason of what? Of use have their senses exercised to do what? To discern both good and evil. It's through discernment of good. The discernment of good and evil is what they call rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. It's, it's right division. The, the capacity for what? For, for, for glory to Jesus. For bearing the fruit right, the, the, or the capacity to, to bring forth fruit that is peaceable has to do with the, a, the, an exercise of what? Senses, our senses must be exercised. Glory to Jesus, must be what? Now, where is exercise happening? Inside the ground of the heart, right? Inside the ground of the heart, there must be wisdom of multiplication. The ground has something inside of it to bring forth that which was sown on the inside of it. Glory to Jesus to discern both what good and what and evil. Good and evil. Praise Jesus. Am I making any sense to you? Are you sure? Praise God. Colossians 2, are you there? That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. Amen. Yeah. Unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding so the there's what we call riches of the full assurance of understanding this is this is not understanding it's not understanding it's the riches of the full assurance of understanding so the person at a point understood first. Then after you've understood, you must now begin to understanding is the foundation to pursue riches. Right? It's the platform for the exploit, for the pursuit of riches. Amen. Amen. The unto all the full. So it's, it's saying that the heart is knit together in love unto the riches of the fullness of all the things which, were, which came by understanding, which understanding revealed, which understanding brought unto the soul. 
praise Jesus, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of what God and the Father. This acknowledgement is not having heard it. It is, the acknowledgement is the fulfillment. The word acknowledgement here is not just having information. Acknowledgement is acknowledge. Have you received it? I received it. I acknowledge it. It's an acknowledgement, an acknowledgement. It's like you received, which I transmitted something to you. You send an acknowledgement back. Yeah. Right, it means that you have, you've received what was deposited. And so you don't have an acknowledgement until reception has been fulfilled. Acknowledgement comes at the end. Like, like there is a, you are, there's a stream going on. You send the data. When it lands, then they send an acknowledgement back that it has been downloaded. After the download has happened, an acknowledgement is sent. So this acknowledgement is talking about riches of the fullness. Right? Riches of what? The fullness of... So the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the, and of the Father. So these three things are the things which must be acknowledged by soul. The soul must receive the acknowledgement of Christ. There must be acknowledgement of the Father. There must be what? I know what? An acknowledgement of God. And all of these are according to operations. And it calls it knit in. Anyway, you see the word K-N-I-T. Knit to knit means work of wisdom. Knitting means work of wisdom. Knitting means what? Work of wisdom. Right? Wisdom. To knit means you take material and you pass that material through pattern which wisdom informs. Right? To create something useful. When someone knits, you take thread and needle. Thread and needle are useful. They are not useful for comfort. They are useful for knitting. For use. A kind of use. Not usage for comfort. That's not what that Hebrews 5 is talking about. It's usage for exercise. Is to, to come into discernment, is used for discernment. Like, uh, by reason of use, have their senses exercised. So, is the use, the use is for the exercise of the senses for discernment. I don't get what I'm saying. What will comfort is the garment that was knitted. So, what they are knitting is a comforter, it's like a blanket, it's a cloak, it's something to comfort the soul. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together. What is being knitted, right? Is the is the work, right? Is the is the love garment, right? That is a work and a product of wisdom, which must be done by taking raw material through wisdom patterns, right? The, the, when, when you are walking in wisdom, you are using wisdom. You don't know you are knitting a garment. You don't know you are knitting a garment. 
When, when they give you, they will give you seed. What is seed? Faith is, faith means material. Right, faith is raw material. Actually, I said that before. Faith is raw material, like thread and needle is raw material that you're using. Glory to Jesus. But love is not raw material. Love is not a thread in the spirit. Love is a garment. Love is a comfort. Love is a comforter in the spirit. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Might be comforted, be knit together in love unto all riches of the full what assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, verse 3. Amen. And in whom, that is Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of what? Wisdom and knowledge. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, what they are telling here is in Christ are hid. They didn't say, of course, you know, Christ is made up of wisdom, sanctification, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Glory to God. Now, what they are saying, speaking here, is the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Right? These treasures. I say treasures. Treasures. treasures of what? Wisdom. wisdom. What, what are, so the treasure of wisdom is not wisdom. The, the treasure of wisdom and knowledge is not wisdom and knowledge. It's the treasure which wisdom and knowledge will cause to come. The wisdom and knowledge can come to you, but the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hid in a, in a statue called Christ. Do you understand me? They are treasures, right? Those treasures are in quantities of, those quantity are what you call measures in the spirit. Do you see that? They are what you call what? They are what you call measures what? They are what you call measures where in the spirit. And measures abound. Measures do what? Measures in the spirit abound. When you say Christ, for example, Christ is a, is a measure in the spirit. Glory to God. If you want to say, okay, let's wait. You want to sum up Christ. And then, what measure of Christ is Christ? What kind of a measure is Christ? As a whole, you saw that, that Christ is a, is a measure, is a kind of love in the spirit. Right? Christ is what? Christ is a kind of what? Love in the spirit. Christ is a kind of fruit in the spirit. Is it, and if he's a kind of fruit in the spirit, he's the product of a kind of faith. Right? And is the product in a, of a kind of faith that was acted upon by a kind of wisdom. 
right? Which Christ is a treasure of, right? Is a, is a kind of wisdom after a, a faith order, after a faith pattern, after a particular kind of faith in the spirit. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. That, that faith, when you kind ha have that faith, the seed of that faith, and then that faith can locate its wisdom. Do you see that? Yeah. If, that faith, if you're able to find the wisdom of that faith, things just change. After a while, you don't, you don't just become a hearer only. It's what moves you from a hearer to being a doer is when you, have lo you locate the storehouse of the wisdom for the faith which the, your soul is commissioned to bring forth as a fruit. Do you get me? The problem is how to access this wisdom. That was one of the great labor of Paul. That's what the thought, that was one of the things that Paul, you know, Paul, Paul is different from John, all the other guys, but Paul's main trust in the spirit, first of all, was to teach men to bring access to wisdom. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Do you understand me? So Paul was not just a teacher of seed, faith. <laughs> that seed called of the seed of Christ's faith is not, not when Jesus came to Paul that he brought it from the, the first time. That seed has been on the earth since Abraham. So it's very clear that what was committed to Abraham was Christ as a seed. God never committed the love of Christ to Abraham. That to bring, for that seed to bring, to come and become, to, to become its fruit, you now need a whole thing called New Testament. The purpose of, of New Testament was not to deliver the seed of the faith of Christ it was to make it bring fruit, bring forth fruit. It's to make that seed bring forth. God committed that seed to Abraham. The Bible says that very clearly. That was the promise they gave to Abraham. It was a legacy of faith. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It means that Abraham, when you see Abraham, that old guy, he was carrying the seed of Christ inside of him. As a faith. Say, really? Yes. 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 Abraham carried the what? The seed of Christ inside of him. And he carried it. Isaac carried it. Jacob carried it. They kept passing it. David had it. Right? They kept passing that seed down, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of a faith. So they have, when you say Abraham, Abraham had different kind of, he had two different seeds inside of him that, were, that came from God. But out of the seeds that came from God to Abraham, one of them had the capacity to bring forth in a measure. because of the availability of the wisdom 
to cause it to bring forth, which is the natural aspect of it. Right, but, but and, and the Jews, that's the one they see as blessing. When they say the blessing of the Jews is according to the faith which was visible, which Abraham was able to do, which he prospered concerning. But he didn't know that Abraham was carrying another seed inside. The Jews didn't have the eyes to see that seed. That is another seed entirely which was inside of Abraham, which never brought forth because the wisdom of bringing that seed forth was not present on the earth. It wasn't present. And that seed would just be there. You know, that, that's one thing with seeds. Seeds can stay for generations, thousands and thousands of years. The seed was just there. It was just waiting for, to be activated. Waiting to be activated. While the, uh, Jacob came, Jacob took it from his father. He, he, he both took both seeds. He took the seed that, that could prosper in the natural. He also took that seed of Christ inside of him. But he didn't still have what to <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? How do you know that Christ's seed is prospering? It begins to yield a kind of fruit. So you see that there's a blessing which, which Isaac received from Abraham, which he was using to prosper naturally, right? There's a blessing which Jacob received from Isaac, which they were using to prosper. And it was manifest in terms of cattle, in terms of lands, in terms of physical things. That seed was prospering. Why? Because the wisdom for that seed was there. What to do? When Jacob went to Laban's house, was it Christ that was bringing prosperity? No. <laughs> Even though that seed was in him, but he himself didn't know what he had received. When he supplanted, and they made him and he to go and supplant and shook his head when he wasn't <laughs> supposed to be blessed, he didn't know what he was carrying. But there was, there was a seed on the, on the inside of him which he knew nothing about. But there was another seed which was manifesting. And then Laban did everything to keep him. Right? You, you could tell from Jacob's dealing, you can see there are some verses that show you that it was wisdom of the other seed was at work. Right? He knew what to do to bring natural prosperity. Praise God. And Israel was blessed because of that. But the seed of Christ, right? How do you know the seed of Christ is, 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 is what is yielding? Is that it does not just bring prosperity to the outward man. It's that which is, can bring prosperity to the soul. Right? It can bring what? Prosperity. To the soul. Praise God. 
prosperity to the soul is a hard task, right? To cause the soul to prosper is only the seed of Christ can bring. And I guess explained before that comfort is according to soul prosperity. Real comfort that you can amass everything in the natural world, but the soul will not be comforted. The soul will still be wretched on the inside. That's why what will the man gain? Can he gain the whole world and lose his soul? Have you profited anything? No, you haven't. What has it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? There's nothing. That soul, to, to bring comfort to the soul, is the, is the business of, of who? Of God. Glory to Jesus. Now, to, to make that seed of Christ prosperous, like I said, that's what the, the New Testament is for. The New Testament is for to make the seed of Christ, first of all. You know, seeds are in levels. Seeds are in degrees. Do you agree? Seeds are in what? Seeds are in levels. Seeds are in degrees. To bring the prosperity of the seed, you must have the ability to gain access to the kind of wisdom that should make the seed of faith, right, prosper. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, amen. amen. Verse 3, quickly, of Colossians chapter 2, it says, in whom hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with what? Enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joyful and beholding your honor and the steadfastness of what? Your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk ye in him. So it's clear you've received him first. You first receive as a seed. Right, you must first receive faith, right? First as a seed. Paul's ministry was to cast the seed of faith to souls and twofold, cast the seed, then import the wisdom that can make that seed to prosper in men. That wisdom is after a way of seeing Right, how does wisdom come? You must see wisdom. You must, you must, wisdom happens according to, according to the opening of the eyes. Right, the, the opening of the eyes. The wisdom is, is an eye, um, is an eye entity. Is any time to walk in wisdom, you must you, you you do wisdom according to what according to the seeing of wisdom. You see the wisdom. When you see the wisdom, you do the wisdom. Amen. 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 So, you see, for this purpose, have I sent you Acts chapter twenty-six? First, to what? To to 
open blind eyes to what? To turn them from darkness to light on the power of Satan unto God that they may receive what? forgiveness of sins and then what? Inheritance among them that are what? Sanctified by what? By faith that is in me. To, to cause faith to become inheritance. You don't just inherit faith. Right? You don't just inherit faith. You must, what you inherit is fruit. Right? You, fruit is the inheritance. You call it the fruit of the land. Right? That, the fruit of the land is the inheritance. Means what the land what brings forth. So the commission of Paul was to cause fruitfulness according to the seed of faith which the Lord has given to him. Praise Jesus to give to souls. Says as you have received, therefore, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him, rooted and built up. So you must be rooted first, and then you must be built up. And establish in the faith, you'll be established in the faith as you have been taught, that you will do what? Abound therein with what? Thanksgiving. Verse 8, that beware lest any man spoil you through what? Philosophy and what? Vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and then not afterward. Christ, verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and then you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Glory to Jesus. So let any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and then not after Christ. Praise God. So this spoiling here is to spoil you doesn't mean to take away your faith. Or what the spoil is not the is not this is not just the seed. Right? When you say spoil, of course he also steals seed. That one is clear. But you need to see beyond the stealing of seed, right? Like the parable of the sower, Jesus was teaching everything about that seed. What is the problem with fruitfulness that Jesus was teaching? The, you know, so that the problem with why people are not fruitful is many. There are series of all kinds of things can happen from when, he said the sower sowed the seed. It will sow the seed as the beginning, but from sowing the seed or you cast the seed, different kind of situation. And, and most of the issues have to do with the kind of ground which the seed is sown into. Right? In fact, all the problems with the seed have to do with the kind of ground which what the seed is sown into. Like I have, and I've told you why. I explained to you. Because once the seed comes, everything else, all the work must be done on the ground. It's the heart, that heart that's receiving the seed. So much has to be done for that heart to bring forth. You see that? 
So the problem is not with the seed. It's never with the seed. It's always with the heart or what you call the ground. Praise Jesus. So you saw that those that will fall by the wayside, wayside is a kind of ground. It's what they call wayside ground. There are some hearts that are wayside ground. They actually have no, no ability to retain seed. If you, when you say you can't retain seed, it means you can't retain faith. Right? You can't retain it. Sure you know that when they are preaching to you, first thing, what they are preaching to you is not memory. They are teaching is faith. It's just faith. Be faith cometh by hearing. Right? And hearing by the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing. So when, when you, you are being ministered to glory to Jesus, yeah. what, they are, what they are casting is faith. As it's, it's hard to, you must understand this concept of faith. I'm not talking about what you think of, of as faith in the milk of the world. It's not what faith is when it comes to the, the nature of Christ. Right? In the milk of the world, faith is almost like a feeling of something that, you know, ah, wow, I have faith, I believe. That's not the way faith is. The way faith sits within the heart in the word of Christ. Faith is is a seed that have DNA. Faith is a spirit, right? Faith is not precept. Faith is not precept. Faith is a kind of line. It's a measure. It's called the measure of faith. It's a kind of measure, but it's not a fruit. Do you, see, you get what I'm saying? It's not a fruit. You can receive precept, but that precept has not pushed, has not, has not un released its fate. Right? Precept is like a bag of seed. Do you get that? I can take a bag of seed and give you a bag of seed. And you have that bag of seed with you. You can take the seed take it into the laboratory, do all the, store, all the experiment, plot a chart. These are the qualities of this seed. This seed has this. Is the, you can't even draw the DNA in the seed. It has these properties. Has this, you know all those things, but that's precept. Those things can give you some kind of information. Oh, this is this kind of seed. It will do well in a temperate region. To do well in a hot region. Why not do well in a... You know all those information. That's what you know. Can you take that and turn that to fruit? Can you gather all your papers from the lab and then, because it can't, at the end of the day, you must leave that clean lab and lab coat and go into the messy ground of, no matter how dirty a farm looks, with the manure and everything, stinking and all of that, that's the only way you can bring, cause that seed to bring forth. You can study it from morning till night. You can write out all the properties, but at the end of the day, that's not where the seed brings forth. Do you understand? What? But it can bring Precept, the precept helps you. Precept helps the heart so that when you have, you have the precept of the seed, when you're now going into the land, you, you have some guidance concerning it. This seed will not do well in this way. There's a, there are some things you must bring around the seed. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Wisdom, what to do with the ground, what kind of ground, what kind of climate will this seed do well in? Praise Jesus. So, so precepts, uh, it's like a container, a bag of seeds given to your soul 
and of a particular kind, which can be studied. You can do tests for it. You can do your laboratory. You can do all kinds of things with that seed. Get what I'm saying? But the seed itself is a spirit. Amen. What did I say? The seed is a spirit. The seed of God's word is a spirit that must possess your heart, that must move into the ground of your heart. The, the heart must know how to receive what spirit. Now, the Bible says that the sower soweth the word. Now, part of the skill of the sower, sowers are ministers who have been commissioned by God to carry his seed and to give the seed to hearts, to commit the seed to heart. But that is not, with all the skill of the sower, doesn't guarantee seed will be sown. There's, there are all kinds of heart. There is wayside heart. The sower can't do anything to a wayside heart. The, a wayside heart, the seed is not even sown in the first place. The seed just, is just lying around. It's just there, and then after some time, what will happen? That heart will be spoiled. The word spoil means taken. Glory to God. Wayside. Amen. Amen. I'm still talking about wayside. What's this one? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Matthew 13. Amen. Please, can you read verse 19 for me? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. 19. Praise Jesus. Oh, sorry, I'm in verse 18. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Says that, that one heareth the word of the kingdom, understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, right? And catcheth away that which is sown in his heart, which is what? Received by the wayside, amen. And but he that received the seed on, into, the, so this is stony places. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Where did it say that the birds of the air the fowls, amen. What verse is that? Huh? Sorry? Okay. The sower went forth to sow, right? Then he sowed, and then some, yeah, by the wayside. Some fell by the wayside, and then what happened? The fowls came and devoured them, amen. So, when the seed falls on the wayside and the fowls come, so the fowls, these fowls are, they are part of the army of 
spoiling, what he calls, uh, when he says that you should be well lest any man spoil you. The word spoil means stealing, right? That to be, that you, you can be stolen from, right? To, to spoil means to, to, to take away, to carry away that which is supposed to be yours. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 5, some fell upon stones, stood places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness. They had no deepness of the earth. And then when the sun was up and they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered what? Away. So this sun is also what? A, a what? Are you listening to me? The sun is what? Ah? Huh? Somebody not talking? Uh -huh. Say it, please. Thank you. You want to come and preach? I'll just call somebody now. I'll just say, take the Bible from where I stop. Me, I will sit down. I'll be shouting spoiler for you. So if you, if you like that part, you can do that part. All right? Uh -huh. Please. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and fought with the sprung up because they had no what deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. So the sun is a spoiler. Spoiler means what that which takes away. So you see, first of all, you, you saw the what's the first thing? The fowls, right? Fowls came and devoured them, and then the sun, glory to God. Then the next one, and then some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. So what is the thorn again? It's another spoiler, right? First one was in the air. The other one is the sun. This one is what? the. It's within the heart itself. It's something, this one was waiting for the seed. It was there before the seed came, right? To... Glory to Jesus. So those, those thorns choked them. There are things within the heart that can choke the seed. Praise Jesus. But all that fell onto good ground and then did what? Brought forth what? Fruit. And some an hundredfold. Some what? Sixtyfold. Some thirtyfold. Who had ears to hear? Let him hear. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. Let us then move late towards later and see part of the explanation. Verse 18. <clears throat> it says that, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. So, verse 19 says that, When anyone goeth, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and then, first of all, so it's giving more explanation. It said he understanded it, what? Not. Then, so if you say that this word comes and you understand it not, if you did not understand it, then it means that the word did not, was never sown into the heart, right? It never got sown inside the heart of the person. What, and what that means is that this, the word was never converted to spirit. 
Do you agree with me? It was never what? It was never converted to spirit inside the heart. See, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth the seed by the wayside. Glory to God. But he that receiveth the seed unto stony places, right, is the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy he receiveth it. So it's different. This one was able to what? Receive the seed. And he had not root in himself, but endured for a while, which he stays for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of what? The word. Then by by and by he is what? He is offended. Offend. So tribulation, persecution, right? That becomes offense. Do you see that now? Tribulation and persecution are not spirit. Tribulation and persecution are not spirit. And they are not doctrine. They are not measure. But offense is spirit. Right? Offense is spirit. Offense is what? Has measure. Offense is a kind of doctrine. Do you see that? So it's, so it's saying that when the word comes in this kind of state, when the heart is stony, that be, there is something that the word is where you have to become a bit careful with, right? Someone who... This person who has stony heart is more dangerous than a wayside heart. Right? A wayside heart can be somebody who you just bring around the place where they cast seed. It's called wayside. It's not a farm. It's not a, it's not really been, it's not a ground for, they've not moved into seed bearing season of their life. Every Christian is born with a wayside heart. I mean, once you just get born again, once you first get born again, your heart is a wayside heart. Your heart is not a ground. <laughs> you don't call it like a ground for... In other words, the heart is not, it's not tuned for agriculture. You're not an agricultural heart. Rather, maybe you are, your heart is for transportation. It's for, it's for goods and services. You understand? It's highway, eh? Imagine what tire is supposed to pass. You don't start bringing seed to that place. So our heart is not, it's for transport, it's traffic, you know. You are bringing, you are importing goods, you are doing all kinds of things, amen. So, so it means that in your heart, God can't bring seed to your heart. They are, they are conditions that it's not, heart has not yet conditioned to receive seed. God will be talking to you about his seed yet. Rather, it's to receive what? Bounty. Goods. What do I mean by goods? House. Car. Clothes. Money. 
wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, everything that we pray to God to receive, right? The heart is a place where you bring goods through, goody goodies, right? You, you transport goody goodies, right? That land is not, don't talk about sowing seed. I, you understand what I mean? We all started from that place in Christianity. All you go to God for is pray my blessing, my this, my this one. You get all of those things. The heart has condition for that. It's don't talk seed. Don't come and bring them to sit down to two hours message. For what? What was the point of that? It's a wayside heart. You don't preach two hours message to a wayside heart. What's the point of that? It's not going to find any ground. As soon as it lands there, what will happen? Fouls will come and take the, that thing away. You see that? So, but such hearts have their season. Like a baby Christian will have his own season when they now begin to, to, so to move a heart from a wayside heart to a stony ground, right? That stony ground is a dangerous kind of ground. Now, let me tell you something. There are different kinds of wayside hearts. Some wayside hearts are stony. Some are not. When a Christians get born again, they are different kinds. They are not all the same. How you tell them is when you must, when you till the plow the ground, you don't know what you're going to find in the ground. And this is the problem that pastors have. Right, pastors who cast seed. Right, it's not they are not all the same. There are some grounds that have all kinds of stones, hard, difficult stones in them. But you will know when you just see it as a wayside heart. It depends on in their season of unbelief when they were unbelievers purely in the world. Where did they come from? What was done inside? What kind of investment did their parents, their uncles, their auntie? Their village, their nation, their tongue, their tribe came from. What kind of investment were done? And I discovered that some hearts have stones buried on the inside of them. That all fresh Christians are not the same. There are some who, they are, where they came from, they, there was a lot of work done by the enemy to bury what? Stones. Some hearts have stones. That's just the honest truth. Maybe when you become a pastor, you realize that our hearts are not the same. And that's one of the cries. You say, why can't you just be like others? Why can't you just be? Why? You now realize that the amount of time that was spent. You understand? So, so there are some hearts you can't just take and then just till it or plow it and start sowing seed. No. There are some hearts you must do extra work. You must be, move away some weighty stones to be removed from some hearts before you can even begin to do what? To sow. So, stony hearts are dangerous. Do you see that? Stony hearts are what? Are, are quite dangerous. Glory to God. Um, thank you, Jesus. So, um, it says that... <clears throat> that he that received the seed into stony places is the same that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it, yet he had not what. So they will hear the word. Do you see that? The word will, will initially 
He hath not root in himself, but endure for a while. You see that? For when what? Tribulation and persecution. So these people who get angry and go away cause problem, insult the pastor, insult the ministry, insult after hearing word for a long time. Are you seeing this? Not everybody can do that. But there are some souls that can do that. And it will take time to reveal such souls. And in such souls, you say, oh, why now? Is that you never understood the message since all this time? No. They understood the message to a degree. Because it, it, bore, it, it was germinated. It means that they didn't just hear war precept. They had some spirit. Because the heart received the seed. They didn't just hear revelation or precept. They actually was able to get seed of the message to a degree in the heart, but the heart was stony. Someone can have a stony heart and be receiving the seed of Christ. The seed of the faith of Christ. You see that? But there is a time that will reveal such a soul. Glory to God. What will reveal the soul is when there's something called sun, right? What they call sun in verse 6 is what they're describing in verse 21. He said, yet he had not root in himself, but endured for a while. Are you getting me? For when tribulations, and so it's not every person who can take the word of righteousness under heat. So one is, what is the heat? Tribulation. They would just turn, after some time, it's for the world's sake, right? Tribulation, persecution arises because of what? So it means that it might have been good or some that you don't bring this word. If you didn't bring this word and teach them to a point where it can be sown into their heart, these things will never manifest. They will be nice brother, nice sister, because these things will never manifest, because their, their land will just be covered, they will keep importing and receiving all the goodies, and they are nice, comported, lovely. They, they don't even just greet, they kiss, they hug, they do all those kind of things. Are you understanding what I mean? Because and there's so much you can do without heat. There's no heat yet. Right? Nice brotherhood, nice all of those things. But let the heat arise. There's, there's a heat that arises for the world's sake. It's a, it's a kind of sun. He calls it the sun. It's a scorching. It's because of the word. It must happen to every soul to test if that, that seed, that germination has a root on the inside. If it's able to tap deep into the root of the heart. So you see, the problem is not that the seed is not sown. It's that when it starts germinating, it doesn't have root deep inside the soul. You can tell souls who have root deep in them. How do you tell them? Let heat come. Things that are unfavorable, right? It calls it persecution, sorry, tribulation or persecution, which will what arise for the world's sake. So, the, how you know a soul that has a stony heart 
is that when persecution and tribulation arises, offense. They begin to bear offense as a what? As a fruit. Offense is actually a fruit. What is offense? Offense is the fruit of the seed of tribulation and persecution. Yeah. It's a, it's a seed, it's a fruit. The soul can begin to bear offense as a fruit. The, the soul will just, after some time, face will just change, attitude will just change, eagerness will just change, smiling will just, will just diminish. Do you know what I mean? It's the, it's the, because some things are, because the soul has things it's tied to that are stones within the heart. What are stones? Stones means treasures. Wow. Right? The soul has other treasures within its heart that are stored in that place. What are those treasures? They are things that take space where the root of Christ is supposed to, still to take inside the heart. They now say that when you sow the seed of Christ, he's looking for space. Hey, I need space. I need to tap downward inside your depth. But inside the space where the root's supposed to, you know root is almost like a tree. It's like a tree. It's the, every tree has the visible side. It has the, the on, this under. When you dig inside, you know, so that, the, that tree has branches under the ground. The same way it has branches outside, it also has. So there is the the visible part that comes forth to give its fruit. But every tree, there's also the, the tree inside the heart. And that one needs space in the ground. It, needs, it should be touching softness. It shouldn't be touching hard things. It shouldn't be the root of the seed of Christ. It should be touching rocks inside your heart. Rocks are treasures. So, so when the seed is trying to gain expression on the inside of the heart, it begins to be stifled because there are treasures inside the soul and it's looking for space and you're not giving it space. So there now begins to be a conflict. There is a conflict there. When, why is this root pushing my things? Right, is the, that's the soul complaining. Right, what is, the, what's the, what is tribulation? Tribulation means rocking, trying, one, trying to shift a man's treasure things that they buried inside their heart. They are loves. They are, they are loves that are tied by, when you say you buried something, it means that you've made a covenant concerning it. For something to be buried in your heart, right, it means you have, you've made what? Decisions. You've made covenant, you see, concerning those things. That these things must never be lost. That's why you bury something. You bury things you have, you've sworn never to give away. And this one, I'm never going to release this one. Oh. So those are the things that you, are inside heart, those are stones within the heart of man. So when the word of Christ comes, it has its accompanying tribulation and persecution. It's for what? It's to vet the heart if there are stones in the heart. And you can't escape it. If you have stones, it will fish, it will, by the time the word is trying to take root, it will be, you know, the, those roots, is like a feeler. It's filling your heart. On the, it's put, dipping his hand into the corners of your heart. And are there things inside the hair? Are there things hidden? It shouldn't be hidden. 
solid materials inside the heart. Treasures that are, so these are, what are those things there? It doesn't mean that you must be completely raw. Of course not. That seed is coming for the giving, bringing of new life. But what they are calling stones, I'm not talking about your weaknesses. No, they are not stones. Weaknesses are not stones in the heart. Your infirmity, that's what the world is coming to solve. That's not what I'm talking about. Stone means covenant. It means things that you've decided. This one, this one, um, I can never compromise on this thing. I've seen people like that. I've seen someone who the stone is professional ambition. Learn Christ for years and said that this Christ thing, God is not, is not allowing me to pursue this professional thing. And because he sits, I've talked to this person almost weeping as he sat like a cunt in them that they can't, they, they can't, they, they could not conceive a theology that where God is not bringing that thing because of the heart has decided that this thing, I must have it, is a stone in the heart. It's buried. The covenant. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because of time, I'll just, I'll just continue a second, just round off as soon as I can. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That those things are, you know, sometimes those, what are stones in the heart? They can be, they can be just a standard you just set for your life. You just say that, it's, just, it's almost something, it's a subconscious thing, a standard that there's nothing that will make me live below this level. Maybe live below this point or there's a place you put yourself, maybe in a social hierarchy. I can't fall below this point. I can't do this. I can't. It's just, you won't articulate it, but it's buried. It's a standard that is buried within the soul. And a lot of times, the reason why God will dress the word of righteousness the way is that you, it's, it's like, God, don't you like good things? No. If, if there is a way that God could make all of us very rich, and be hearing word of righteousness. You think God cannot do it? Very easy for God to do. Millions will just be flowing into your oil of your account somehow. You'll just be hitting. Do you think it's very hard for you to, to stumble on something that will give you a million dollars tomorrow? You think it's that hard for God? You don't know how God operates. You just see it's very, it's maybe when God, if God wants to do it for you, you not realize how easy it is. <laughs> And you will feel like it can happen every day. The ease at which it will happen. God's a master of such things. But the problem is that if God does that, for most of us, we will come to the third heaven with stones. All manner of things will come, will come there. Imagine someone who has a covenant about a particular standard of life that they must live. And it's a covenant they've married in their soul. Nothing can shift it. They will now bring such a soul and be blessing them with money, good things. It means that they will never have a day of reckoning where that covenant is tampered with. So a lot of times why you find sometimes 
around the word of righteousness, there's a lot of necessity. It's because of things in us. They must, make, they must bring the circumstances that will, that will make you question secret covenants that the heart has made. He calls it for the word's sake. I'm not the one who said it. Is the Bible, not just Bible, Jesus, son of God, and Joseph and Mary. <laughs> right. To be precise, with Jesus said it. You understand? He's the one who said it. He said it's for the world. It means that if the world didn't come, those things might not have come. It means that it's, it's normal. For somebody, your life was going nice in the world. Everything was good. You started hearing word of righteousness. You lost your job. You lost. I'm giving examples. You say, why would that happen? Yes, it can happen. Jesus said it for the world's sake. It means that if they didn't come in contact with that word, that thing might not have happened. I'm not saying all of you are going to lose your job, eh? <laughs> This welfare comes in. Hey. <laughs> God doesn't take pleasure in you suffering, being hungry, being poor. God is not like God. If you feel if, if you feel God is like that, it's because you don't know God. Is it God who created everything for you to enjoy? God made everything, all, everything for God. Left to God, you should just be enjoying every day, morning, night, afternoon, night. That's the way. In fact, the life he has designed for you in eternity is like that. There's no enjoyment in this world compared to the world you are going to. So God is a God of enjoyment, but he's not irresponsible. God can't see evil inside your heart, things that can destroy you for eternity. And because he wants to give you momentary satisfaction and pleasure, feeling rich on the earth, then he will just give you everything you want, and leave the wretchedness, and leave things that Satan, the enemy of your soul, has stored inside of you. Sometimes, when something bad is inside the flesh, maybe, for in, in a way, maybe you have an injury, something pricked you, and then something got lodged inside your skin. You go and do an x-ray, you see it there, ah! This thing is very sharp, oh. And it's close to a very vital organ. Very close. Just some time, it can pierce that organ. At that point, the doctor, if he's responsible, he's not thinking about your immediate comfort. We've got to tear that skin. Right? He has to take, literally take a knife and cut your skin to bring before. Thank God for anesthesia. Now, back in the day when that invention hasn't come, they have to hold you down. They have to... Even if you are a grown man, maybe they have to go and bring your mother from the village because she's the only one who can, who can comfort you in that moment. And they will hold you down too. You know what I mean? Jesus was very raw concerning it. He said, if one eye, your right eye will stop you from entering, cut it out. If one, your one leg or one part of your body, just cut it out. Anything that will stop you from entering the kingdom. If Jesus will say that, that's how God thinks. So they are not, they are not, you know, it's, a, it's a, an irresponsible father who is weak concerning inflicting momentary discomfort to their child to save their life and their destiny. 
that's one thing that fathers must be empowered to do. When your child is crying, oh, yeah, I think they want to die, but you know, no, 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 you must endure this thing. Because what I'm saving you from, you don't even know what it is. But you can see that's the way God is. But that's why you can never measure God based on your natural prosperity, how things are okay, everything, my health is completely complete, my bank account is buoyant. You can't measure God like that. Because God is not looking at, God is looking at your soul. There are things inside your soul that God knows that might never come out unless you are subjected to some kind of necessity. What it calls here, um, praise Jesus, he calls it tribulation or what? Persecution that arises what? because of the word. So, and then, but he said by this word, he is offended. So you must be careful about what? Offense. The word can offend you. And he also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And then what he calls the care of this world. And then what the deceitfulness of what reaches, does what? Choke the word, and then what? He becometh what? Unfruitful. So, so what is the care of this world and deceitfulness of riches? He called them what? Thorns. Thorn is another spoiler. Right? So there are different levels. Of, there are those who spoil seed. There are those who don't just spoil seed, who spoil plant. Plant means something that is growing already. But you have the ability to do what? To choke it, to, to choke it, to choke the word. And then it, it will, when it's choked, you render it unfruitful. You know, here, it doesn't say that it uproots the plant and grinds it. And, no, no, no. You'll be seeing the plant there. It's just there. They are waiting for fruit. This one is deadly, right? Now, because you are seeing the plant there, you don't know that a spoiling has occurred. You think spoiling is that it just uproots you and and you go away, and you don't see anything at all. You can come to a land where the seed of of Christ has been sown, it has germinated, it has brought forth leaves, it's brought forth all that, but it has been spoiled. How do, how do you know it has been spoiled? Wait. Decades. Fruit is never coming. It will, it will still be there. It will be there. The plant will be there. Or fruit. You wait for fruit. Praise Jesus. It says, and he becometh what? Or it means it doesn't disappear. It's not becometh what? On fruit. Fruitful, unfruitful. Now, what are the things that are powerful to do this kind of job? He calls it first the care of this world, the word, deceitfulness of what? Riches. Care of this world. And then the word. Now, note that this one is not producing offense. You see that? Is not producing offense. Care of this war, the sufferance of riches, is not the same thing as tribulation and persecution. So it's very clear this person can pass test of tribulation or persecution, and they never got offended. 
They never got offended. They carried the word. They are still listening to the word. The word was able to bring forth the plant. The plant is still there. The plant is receiving light. If the plant is continuing to be there, it means it's still receiving some kind of light. Some kind of nourishment is still being received. But it is being choked. It's being choked by other things sharing the ground. Sharing the space. It means that that person allowed some other things within his own ground as well. It's those things that are able to choke the seed is our inventions of Satan. These ones are the chief spoilers. So this is what Paul is referring to in Colossians chapter 2. Amen. As we close, um, let's just read it. Colossians 2, it says, of course, you should be rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, and then as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. But you have to now beware, lest any man spoil you through what? Philosophy. These are not tribulation and all of those things. <laughs> right? These are, this is a specific spoiling job. That happens when you've been established to a degree in the faith, you've experienced some kind of building. Some kind of building is present. Some kind of building is present. It's not vacant in the heart. But you must be aware. Lest anyone spoil you through what philosophy, vain deceit, after the traditions of men after what he calls what the rudiments of this world. So you see, what he called the rudiment of this world, those rudiments are the magnet of cares. Another word for cares are weights. Right, you know, Peter Cole spoke about casting your cares upon him. You cast them because they are, they are weight upon the soul. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Say rudiments. The rudiments of this world. So he calls it the cares of this world, and then he calls it the what? The deceitfulness of what? Riches. He calls it vain deceit here. He calls it the, the deceitfulness of riches. So, are you seeing the, are you seeing the way when you compare them side to side, you get the insight? Riches is the opposite of vanity. Right? Riches is the opposite of vanity. When you weigh riches, you, you have a weight. Weigh vanity upon vanity is nothing. Vanity means that which poses as riches, but is empty. Right? So, Deceitfulness of riches. So a riches that is deceitful equals to vanity. So vanity means deceitful riches. Vanity means riches of deceit. Right? He calls it vain deceit. Philosophy. And then what? Vain. Now, this one they call philosophy. What is philosophy? 
what they call philosophy, is the opposite of wisdom. Philosophy means philosophia, means the love of wisdom. Right? Do you agree with me? So, so this is another wisdom. You know that what should make this, the seed become fruit is wisdom. Now, in order to war, make war, what makes war against the wisdom for the seed, I said it's a particular wisdom. Any other kind of wisdom for that seed will not work for the seed. Fruit will never emerge. So it means in the process while the tree was growing, then I began to initiate another wisdom, which is called philosophy. Philosophy means another wisdom. It's the love of another wisdom. Do you see that? Philosophy, you can call it, the way I see philosophy, I don't see it just as maybe like you like wisdom. I see philosophy more as the fruit of wisdom. The love of wisdom. Do you see that? It's the, it's instead of the, 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 the love which is the fruit of Christ, rather it's the love, or instead of the fruit which the wisdom of Christ should bring, it's the fruit which the wisdom of, you get what I'm saying? When you say somebody has been spoiled through philosophy, it's not just that there's a wisdom in their life. No, no, no. They have fruit. That's the fruit of this philosophy. It's the fruit of worldly wisdom, which the soul is bearing. When you see those stars, they will be very fruitful. Because the wisdom to make stars fruitful. You know, the, you know the fruit, the, what, so what is the fruit of stars? Is there any fruit called stars? Of course not. Because it is a lying fruit. It's fruit that you cannot eat. It's, it's the fruit of nothingness. Have you ever gone to do harvest of tars before? You can't do harvest of tars. It can, it's nothing. But when you see them, they are flourishing. Because of the wisdom to make it flourish, it's present. Philosophies, vain deceit. Then you see that thing called what? And so that the rudiments of this world is, is what is the... Is, the, is actually the creation which Satan has designed to raise this economy of things that makes war against what? Fruitfulness in men and in souls of men. Every Christian who has taken the calling of being fruitful cannot be ignorant about the devices of the devil. You cannot be ignorant about the word devices, because if you're ignorant about these devices, you find out that you are there, but you're not bearing fruit. You just find out somehow, you're not, you're not bearing fruit somehow. Fruit bearing in the spirit doesn't happen by chance. It doesn't happen just by uh, being there. I'm around it. I'm just present. You can start that way. You'll be receiving seed. But when it comes to bear fruit, you must have gotten wise. 
there will be a time when you can no longer be a child anymore. The difference between a child and what? And a man is wisdom. There will be a, you'd start first as a child. So when I was a child, I what? I, I acted. I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I, did, I put away childish things. What makes a person put away childish things? Wisdom must come. In the spirit, there is nothing as intentional as wisdom. Wisdom never comes by chance. Wisdom never comes by chance. That's why a child is not wise. You understand? That's why a child is not wise. That's why there's a, a kind of intentionality. Wisdom must be pursued. You must see them. You must look for wisdom. Like a shy, it's like a, you know, it's like a, you know when a woman is making guy for a, a guy, that's how wisdom is. Wisdom will just go and hide and just stay. You need to, you need to woo her out. You, you must prove that I really like you. In fact, in all of this world, nothing matters to me than you. You know how you toast a babe? That's how your soul must post wisdom. Well, you know when you're toasting a girl, you must you say everything. She's not, she can't believe you. Say, do you, you, you this, show you. This is just talk, mouth. A woman, it's not, it's not when you tell a woman I love you the first time. She can never ever believe you. No woman has ever believed a man the first time he told her he loves her. Even right now, I'm not even sure if my wife still believes I love her. That's when I realize. And I realize, oh, okay, it might take years. Of, I need to keep saying it. I need to, you really, you really love me? This is not because of this, 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 this. Without this one, that one, that one. Are you really sure? It's the nature of a woman. God just made women like that. That you have to woo them. You must, you must prove to her that you desire no order. That you don't want anything else. I've left everything. You are all that I need. I'm desperate concerning you. Without you, I am nothing. Without you, I am lost. I don't know where to go from here. When wisdom starts hearing that, and, and you sound trustworthy, wisdom begins to take step concerning you. You don't, you don't, you don't hold wisdom with, with your fingertip. Wisdom will not follow you. Because wisdom feels that maybe you are carrying other things with the other hand. Wisdom must see all of your hand. That there is nothing. You carry wisdom like this before wisdom will follow you. What does that mean? Wisdom is like you can't be using me when you have some other things. Like a woman. A woman wants all of a man. I have other lovers. I must be your only lover. When you wake up, you come to me. You carry me through the day. Before you sleep, I'm the one you kiss before you fall asleep. That's how wisdom wants to feel. Do you understand what I mean? I'm talking about the wisdom of Christ. Glory to, I'm just trying to use analogies to explain to you wisdom. How do you pursue wisdom? You pursue wisdom with your life. With everything. That's the way Paul, um, Solomon was speaking about wisdom. So he loved wisdom. Loves life. He that hated wisdom hates life. Do you understand what I mean? What wisdom are we talking about? Not being wise for things. We're talking about the wisdom 
that can cause the seed of Christ in your heart to what? To prosper. That wisdom, wisdom, that, that wisdom that can make you bring forth, that can, that can make your soul bring forth spiritual fruit, that will make fruit to come. Glory to God. It's very clear that what is, in summary, what does wisdom do in the realm of Christ? Wisdom gives you the skill to escape the world, the world, or what Peter called the corruption that is in the world through lust. Nobody can escape those things without wisdom. It's not by, hey, I won't do it again, no. In that your I won't do it again has its own portion of worldliness inside of it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Wisdom, 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 wisdom. That hidden wisdom, secret wisdom that's ordained for our glory, for our glorification. And every heart must come into. Don't just be spiritual. Be spiritual by wisdom. Be spiritual through the wise method. Because any other kind will end up not being spirituality. You will end up not bearing fruit. Rather, you will be more fruitful to vanity than being fruitful to what? In the spirit. The soul will not be able to bring forth fruit that God can eat, that God can have. Amen. Praise Jesus. Reason of use of your senses exercise or discernment. Discernment. These senses are wisdom constructed. They are senses of wisdom. Senses of wisdom. Senses of wisdom. Amen. The Lord will give you wisdom. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will help you to have an, an attitude, an approach in your heart that leans upon the wisdom of God only. That you will no longer, you will no longer feel that you have a way to be fruitful outside of the wisdom of the Spirit, the wisdom which the Spirit of God gives. That nature of cutting corners will be removed from your soul. That you will arrive and settle and just agree that you have no way to do it, that you have no other way. You know, to get you to that place sometimes can take time. You know, to remove, to deliver a man from his, all his devices. You know, devices means things you try to cook up. Secret your own way. You feel you have your own way to get there. You can't. You will bear a fruit, but it won't be peaceable. It won't be acceptable. It won't be received by God. But the Lord will help you the, to embrace wisdom fully. So, first of all, you will see the beauty of wisdom. That wisdom will be alluring to you, will be captivating to your soul. That pure Sophia, that pure wisdom from the spirit 
which the Holy Spirit gives. The Lord said, if you lack wisdom, ask of me. Ask of me, and I give liberally, I upbraided not. That, that asking is talking about panting, longing, desire. Your heart actually desires to be made wise by the, the dealing of God, the dealings of the Spirit. I pray that such quest will be found within your heart. Yeah. That you, you will never step out of longing for wisdom. Yeah. You will seek after wisdom yeah. until you find it. Your soul will never get tired. Yeah. And, and the Lord will bless you. He said he gives liberally. Your bread at not that you will receive wisdom from the Lord. Amen. And you will gain wisdom. I pray to you that no seed, no seed will abide alone Amen. within your heart. That you will come into seasons of fruitfulness. You come into seasons of multiplication. Amen. Where you will yield forth plenty. You not only yield Christ, but you also yield the fruit of God. Amen. That your, your heart will become fruitful unto God. That God will be able to sow, sow in your heart and reap forth a bountiful harvest. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Tonight, thank you because you have blessed us. We ask that you will cause, let these things abide. Lord, we don't want to just go home and forget what you have said. Far be it from us that we forget such things. So critical, so pivotal to the place you are taking us to. Lord, empower our hearts that this will not be like seed that falls by the wayside. Oh, Father, it will be as a seed that falls on the good ground that will bring forth 30, 60, and even a hundredfold. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory and all the praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.